0: How does your brand relate to people? Keyword there being relate, as in build relationships. And who is your brand relating to? Many brands focus heavily on building relationships with their audiences outside the business. Their external audiences. Their buyers, their customers, their prospects. But what about your internal audience? Your own team? Quite often, these audiences are looked at differently. We think about establishing relationships and building trust with our external audiences. And then we simply think about communicating with, or even communicating at, our internal audience. Clearly, we need to rethink this. And you know what can help? You guessed it, podcasting. I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only marketing platform built for brand podcasts. And this is our podcast. Welcome to this three-part mini-series here on the Casted Podcast about a type of show that should definitely be on your radar if it's not already there, internal podcasts. I am talking to a couple of people who I recently had the pleasure of joining in an article in Forbes. It was about internal podcasts, and we're digging deeper into each of their perspectives and giving you more insights about what these shows are and why they could be a great asset for your business. Today, I am talking to Scott Monty. If you don't already know Mr. Monty, you are missing out. Not only is he largely responsible for the way we all approach social media for our businesses, thanks to the work that he did at Ford Motor Company right at the advent of social media. So the work that he did in bringing social media on board for brands, that's largely thanks to Scott. He has been a pioneer also in internal podcasting, largely thanks to the work that he's done with TD Bank. So listen in on our conversation about using podcasts to build relationships with those not only outside your company, but also certainly within it.
1: I am Scott Monty. I'm the principal of Scott Monty Strategies.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Scott. We were just talking before the recording about how I was so excited to have you here because... Kind of going back and setting the stage, you've, you have been a champion for a long time about humanizing brands, right? Shifting a brand as big as many people know you from Ford, but many others as well from one way outbound marketing to leveraging social media, for example, to actually have conversations, right? So let's start there. So going back a decade, leveraging social media to be more personal, more transparent, and more human was a really disruptive idea, which just seems crazy now, right? But it felt like um, a lot of us to take that it was a really big risk as a marketer to, to put yourself out there in that way. And so now here we are talking on a podcast about leveraging podcasts. To further humanize brands, and that feels disruptive again for a lot of people. So, let's talk about that. How should brands be thinking about different opportunities to relate to audiences and be more more human?
1: Well, first of all, uh, how meta we're talking about know, right? podcasting <laughs> on a podcast about podcasts. But, you know, my whole take on this stuff, and you know, I've been at the social media thing for a while. I've I've blogged since two thousand one. Uh, I have had. Uh, one podcast running now for 14 years, another one for four years. I've done a few in between. I'm no stranger to the digital space. And the thing that keeps coming back to me over and over again is, as you said, the power of human connection. It's. It doesn't matter what the platform is. It doesn't matter whether you're blogging or podcasting or you're on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. It's about being a personal presence. And what's irked me over the last decade or so, maybe maybe eight years or so, is that when social first started off in corporations, it was largely run, or at least the strategy of it was run by the communications team. And this is a team that typically deals with people. They deal with reporters, they deal with analysts, they deal with employees. Uh, it's all about making that connection. And, you know, I mean, there are whole uh, sub-departments within communications or PR called media relations or analyst relations. And you see the, the, the common term there, relations. It's about building a relationship with people. And yet, in the last eight years or so, when marketing suddenly discovers this brand new platform with new ways to reach people and to get more numbers and to scale and to reach as many eyeballs as possible, and they have the budget. Usually, 10 times the budget that communications has, they come in and they treat it like another what, advertising and marketing medium, where everyone gets set on blast. And you simply use these platforms to take a message and to shoot it out at everyone. When the real power, I think the power we've seen all along is the ability to build a community, the ability to have a conversation, And the ability to get feedback on your products and services and to make people feel like they're part of something. Because ultimately, that's what we all want. We want to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves and like our voice is heard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, it doesn't really matter what channel, what medium, what tactic, what format you're using. It's a mindset, right? It's a mindset of building community, making connection, building relationship as opposed to as opposed to just blasting something out one, one way.
1: That's exactly And Let me, let me share you a quick, uh, a quick story with you. I was in a meeting in Ford probably around 2011 or so with the executive team. I was seated in between the chief financial officer and the chief operating officer uh, in the Thunderbird room up on the 12th floor of Ford. This is where the executive committee always met. And I was tasked with giving a state of the industry uh, what was going on in social media why it was important for ford now before i started the presentation every executive around that table was concerned with a single issue and that was gas prices and you know as a company that built a lot of suvs and and had a plan going forward for electric and hybrid and all the rest they kind of wanted to know where they sat so i said well let me let me go on the ford corporate account and send out a tweet and the tweet was when you consider the next car that you're going to buy, what's the ideal miles per gallon MPG that you'd like to see? And I put it out there. I gave the presentation, 20 minutes or so, blah, blah blah. I come back. Now, again, I'm sitting next to the CFO who is the most skeptical executive on the team. He wants to know why people are wasting their time and why productivity might be affected. And why all this frivolous stuff is going on? He doesn't understand Twitter. He doesn't tweet. So we come back and the responses to the question about ideal MPG were anywhere from, "Uh, don't matter what MPG is, as long as I get a V8 engine in it, (laughs) all the way up to 300 miles per gallon. But most of the responses, the majority of the responses were in the 30s and 40s, which was exactly where Ford was or was targeting to be over the next two to three years. Right. So it, it validated the company's strategy. The CFO looked over at me and then he pushed back from the table and he had he had glasses on the end of his nose. And he took his glasses off and he put them up on his forehead and he said, do you know, if I had insights like this every day, I would find it invaluable. And I thought, well, game set and match it was a matter of just speaking his language and helping him understand how to translate this into his day-to-day activities and how it could be helpful to him. So it's really just about changing perspectives.
0: That's a great story and I'm it's obviously that's focused on social but again it's all in how you're approaching whatever whatever medium whatever whatever is are the elements of your strategy it's the approach and it's the purpose it's it's why you're doing it. Podcasting really is, in and of itself, it's human. Like you're literally, everyone who's listening to this podcast right now is listening to our voice. They're, we're inviting them in on this conversation that you and I are having, which lays the groundwork for more human. But as we know, that's not always the case. Like there's still an opportunity to turn it into into blasting, right? So tell me your thoughts on podcasting. And then I wanna get into how you even get started into podcasting because it was it was a while ago.
1: I think podcasting is probably the most intimate medium There is why, because you're going directly into someone's ears, whether they are on a treadmill, out for a walk, working in the garden, commuting. It's you to them, right? It isn't on a screen. It's not on a billboard. It's not you know a video that you're watching. It's actually communicating directly into someone's brain. And forgive me if I if I step on any toes here, Lindsay. But um, one of the things that irks me about So many podcasters, and you could say this certainly for YouTubers as well, is the opening salvo when they go, hi, guys, or hi, everybody. That's like an old radio thing. Good morning, everybody. How you doing out there? (laughs) You know, when I talk about podcasting being intimate, it's you having a relationship with the listener and the listener is one person at a time. They don't know how many other people are. They're not in a studio or, you know, an auditorium as part of a presentation it's you to them one to one and the opportunity to treat them like it's it's you and them having a conversation or like you're bringing them on the inside that's so powerful it's so powerful and if you make them feel like a participant rather than a spectator the the opportunity to build the loyalty and the trust and the relationship with the brand is absolutely yours for the taking
0: absolutely couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, I agree. So, tell me, how, how when did podcast first enter your life? How did that get started?
1: I had, I think, a second generation iPod. You know, this is this is back when there wasn't even a scrolling wheel; it's just buttons. I realized, you know, as Steve Jobs said, "A thousand songs in your pocket." But I realized probably back in two thousand five that podcasting was something that was really going to take off. Two thousand and five that's fifteen years ago when you think about that, and I remember I was at a, I was at a b2 b uh, boutique agency at the time, and I had a biotech client that had a really interesting story I, I said to them, "Your story is perfect for a podcast i said here's here's a strategy we could put together where you could do a show and bring on experts and talk about the you know the fundamental science behind what it is that you do and why it is that you do what you do and they looked at it, and they go, hmm. Okay, what do you do you have a case study that we could read on this? I go, This launched like two weeks ago. You know, (laughs) Apple just put this out.
0: You would be the case study.
1: That's that's exactly what I said. Do you want to read a case study or do you want to be a case study? And they go, Well, we want to read a case study. (laughs) Oh boy. So they did not start into podcasting. But I realized then that there was such power in podcasting. And I had been blogging, like I said, since 2001. I, I started a blog about Sherlock Holmes in 2005. And about two years later, I said, well, why don't I try a podcast? You know, use this as a crucible, as a, as a laboratory to see how the public responds to podcasting. And again, this is 13, 14 years ago. And here we are today. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a podcast these days.
0: <laughs> yes. Don't swing any dead cats. You might not actually hit a podcast, so, you know. A lot of people think today, um, I mean, fast forward, here we are, 2020, when people hear podcasting, first of all, they think, you know, entertainment, podcast. everyone has a podcast. And now more and more with companies like ours and with lots of marketers getting more and more into podcasting they're thinking, yeah, okay, as part of a content strategy, content, content marketing strategy. But the way that this whole conversation started was uh, an article in, in Forbes by our friend, Matt Zucker, who wrote some inf- a lot of information about internal podcasts. And tell me your thoughts on on the opportunity there and what you've seen as far as leveraging podcasting inside an organization for internal audiences.
1: You know, I've heard of internal podcasting going back Probably, at least ten years or so, maybe more, I initially heard about it from a pharmaceutical company that was making it possible for their sales force, which is out in the field, to get information and it's the same concept as the you know the c m o or the chief sales officer leaving the mass voicemail for everyone and you know i I tell everyone <laughs> that my mother has a podcast, you just need to know. The password on my voicemail to hear it. (laughs) it, It's the same concept, you know. That it's it's simply a different format and perhaps a longer format. They they can listen to it while they're driving. And now, certainly, with so many cars being connected vehicles and having infotainment systems, it's easier than ever to hook your phone up to your car's audio system and listen while you're driving around. And to me, that's the thing that's powerful about internal podcasts. It doesn't require an employee to be chained to their desk and to listen from their uh, their laptop there's now more apps than ever Uh, there's more there's there's abilities now to specifically make private podcasts for your employees that still work on public apps Uh, so the, the the opportunities are more than ever and it's a way to to engage your employees in a different way and again very personal right their, their eyes aren't glazing over as they're scrolling things. And if you're doing a, an internal podcast, well, it doesn't seem like a corporate mouthpiece. It should seem like a series of stories. It should be something that's interesting and enticing. And if they're, if they're already loyal to the brand, if you've got them as an employee, you would hope that they're just as excited about the kind of content that you're creating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in the article that that Matt put together, you talked about kind of three different categories, right? So there's um informing, educating, celebrating talent, kind of three different ways to look at internal shows. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: So, um the the informing, is, you know, that's the standard stuff. It's it's updating. And and I'll tell you when when I was at Ford, um and this doesn't have anything to do with podcasting. Like again, this is kind of a a, a universal salvo. We invited in and we hired, actually, the uh, agency that was responsible for the Obama campaign's digital success in 2008. And we thought, well, what if we took a campaign-like approach to business? You know, We were, we were trying to fight for the heart and soul of manufacturing. We were trying to tell the Ford story, uh, separate ourselves from the other two Detroit automakers. Um, so we wanted a, a campaign-like approach. And we asked them, what's your secret? Thinking that it was going to be social, right? It wasn't. The secret was email, right? And they needed only three pieces of information to get started with an email relationship. And and look, I think any good podcasting effort has a good base uh, that, that is based on email relationships. So you've, you've got an email database, let them know that you've got a podcast by sending out a communication. So they needed three pieces of information, first name, email address, zip code. You may not even need that much for uh, we well, certainly don't need the zip code for, for an, in, uh, an internal audience, um, just the first name and email address, and then you can personalize it. And then if you're using some kind of uh, CRM, you'll be able to track who opened it, who didn't, what actions they took, et cetera. But further than that, the formula that, that they had in each communication was also a three-pronged approach. It was, uh, here's what you missed. Here's what's coming up next. Here's how you can get involved, and it was as simple as that. Now you think about your employees and keeping them informed as to what's going on in the company. Here's what you missed. Here's all the things that are going on. Maybe here's something that's going on in the industry that you need to know about. Here's a broader issue that we all need to take stock of. Here's what's coming up next. Right? Get them queued up for you know what to expect coming up, um, and 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 how they can actually start to take action. Here's how you can get involved. That's the third step. Uh, Recruit other employees, share it with your team, etc. But there's all sorts of ways to inform them about corporate goings on. Entertainment, pretty straightforward. Uh, And and look, if you can create a show that not only informs, but entertains, that's really something. And then the the third was... um, Celebrate talent. Celebrate talent. Yeah. What a great way to call out not just your executive team, they always get called out. But what about the janitor who did something amazing, or uh, the part time frontline worker who helped the customer uh, you know tell their stories and let them tell their stories themselves because there's no more powerful advocate for one's own stories than one'self
0: and again, humanizing right it's It's humanizing something that has for so long been uh, internal comms and emails and post and memos, right? But when you right. can actually hear someone that you see as a peer or that you maybe never ever would have met actually tell their story and, and share their why and you hear the emotion, you hear the authenticity, that creates so much connection and that's culture building.
1: It absolutely is. And look, when you hear someone else who is passionate about the company, passionate about the brand or the product or the service, that's infectious. That's infectious and you can't you can't create passion out of nothing. Right? There's gotta be something. To your point, it's culture, right? And if you're doing it well, it's infectious and it it builds beyond the individual and gets other people on board as well
0: thoughts do you have for marketers who are listening who may work at really, really large brands like TD or may work at much smaller ones? What uh, wisdom would you impart upon them about internal podcasting in particular?
1: Well, I think fundamentally, it has to fit with your overall business goals. You know, To do a podcast just for the sake of saying, we've got a podcast, that's misguided. You know, I can't tell you how many times when I was sitting in my office in Ford, someone would come in and say, we need a Facebook page or we need a Twitter account. Why? (laughs) What are you trying to accomplish? You know, it's it's Simon Sinek's uh, classic, start with why. Why do you want to do this? Right? What goal do you hope to achieve? That is the fundamental way to begin any assignment, not just podcasting, but any assignment. How does it map to business goals? How does it map to your overall marketing and communication strategy? Because without that, it's just going to be an expensive hobby. So, if you can nail down why you want to do something and then begin to build, okay, well, what do we want to accomplish, and how will we know if we succeeded? How do we want our audience to think, feel, or do something differently, and how will we know that they actually took action? right Those are the fundamentals to put in place before you start any kind of podcast
0: and to your point, I couldn't agree more. Always, 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 regardless of whether it's a podcast or anything else, you have to ask with, you know, who's it for and why are you doing it? Because otherwise at, at best, it's inefficient. And at mm-hmm. worst, it's a complete and total waste um, right. for everyone. Yeah. So, well, before I let you go, any other advice that you would share with marketers in general with, with what you've seen and what, um, how things have evolved over the last couple of years?
1: You know, and this is going to seem a little antithetical for the podcasting world. Silence is okay. It's okay not to always be on. It's okay not to have something to say about everything. Focus on quality, and and I know we often talk about quality and quantity as opposite sides of the coin. It's not the case. I mean, you can do things very quickly and do them at high quality. No question. It's that old mantra, you know, good, fast, or cheap, pick two. But quality and pacing yourself, especially today, when we are so overwhelmed with everything—not just messages and and emails and podcasts and all the rest—the world is overwhelming right now. Take some time to breathe, as a person, as a professional, as a corporate entity. There's nothing wrong with taking a little time,
0: Mm.
1: and you'll note that even in my pacing here. When you think about your podcast, build in silence. You know, I initially did, I, I did a business podcast a while back. I've, I've let it pod fade because it just, well, for a variety of reasons, it was a lot for me to handle and I just didn't feel the format was right. But it was an awful lot like an old Paul Harvey broadcast. And I know I'm really dating myself now, but if you want to look up Paul Harvey, he did he did uh, news and comment. And then he did uh, something called the rest of the story, but his pacing was such that he would give time for your brain to absorb what it is that he was saying. And it sounded maybe stilted. Sometimes it sounded awkward, but building in those silences in your campaign, in your podcast, really important to make sure you have people's full attention
0: love that so you're saying you don't listen to podcasts at 2x and run it through a system that removes all the ums and ahs and yeah (laughs) me neither me neither no well thank you so much great advice thank you for sharing it here and thank you for being a part of the casted podcast
1: it's my pleasure Lindsay. thank you for having me on
0: (laughs) that's our show. Thanks for listening. For more from today's guest, visit casted.us to subscribe and to receive our show as it's published along with other exclusive content each and every week.